This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! Hello again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens. It's the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 306, and tonight we are taking a trip all the way back to ancient Greece because we're talking about the 1981 stop-motion fantastical epic Clash of the Titans starring Laurence Olivier, Maggie Smith, and Harry Hamlin's titties. And this is the second part of our journey into comfort films before the holidays, before things get crazy when Allison and Brian come back next episode. But we'll come back to that in a minute because first, I have to say hi. Please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and for the past 11 years, I have been your helpful guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But... There's a caveat, as most of you already know, you're going to have to see these movies through my very, 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 very gay little eyes. And when you talk about Clash of the Titans, it's going to get super gay up in here because this movie is already like, what? Down, girl, down. We're not there yet. So I mentioned Allison and Brian a minute ago. Before we take off, I just wanted to say, last time. I announced that for the next episode, for the for the very special holiday episode, I left the choice of the movie up to you. You had four movies to choose from, which were Silent Night, Deadly Night, Krampus, and then the Apocalypse, and To All a Good Night. And you all came out and voted in droves. You voted through the newsletter. You voted on the survey. You voted on Instagram posts. You voted on Facebook posts. The numbers were hot and heavy. And I had to say, it was neck and neck. It was a breakneck competition. For a long time, it looked like to All a Good Night was just creaming the competition. Then out of nowhere, Silent Night, Daily Night came zooming out of the back. And then after that, Krampus was like, nah, how about me? But ultimately, it came down to one single vote. Yep, unseating to All a Good Night by one single solitary vote was... Drum roll, please. That was the worst drum roll ever. I can't do it right now. There we go. I forget it. Forget it. I did three drum rolls and they all sucked. Okay. Pretend it was a great drum roll, but the winner of the competition is Anna and the Apocalypse. Yay! Yay! Patrick gets a musical for Christmas. Patrick gets a musical for Christmas. And of course, I'm going to be talking about this with Allison Nowacki and Brian Polk. And someone's going to be really mad that there's no boobs in this. But I didn't do it to them. I didn't do it to I had to say to Allison, that wasn't me. I had to tell Allison, I didn't pick the movie. They picked the movie. Be mad at them, not me this holiday season. No siree, Bob. So I have been a little out of sorts these past few weeks. I have not been feeling well. I'm still having stomach issues from back in September, actually. That medicine made me sick, and I've had reactions to the medicine, and then I had got reactions that I had to t- I had reactions to the medicine for the medicine for when I was sick. So it's been weird. So this episode's a little bit late Things are just a little slow this month, but they just remain patient. All is going to come out in the end, which is exactly what my doctor said about my stomach problems. That was gross. And you know what? Why bother dragging this out anymore? I think it's time that we start the darn show, take a listen to the trailer for Clash of the Titans, and bring on my very special guests, Matt Knife and Doug Shapiro. But first, that trailer, right about now. Provide him with suitable weapons. 
weapons of divine temper. A helmet, a shield, a sword. Find and fulfill your destiny. The myth. The magic. The mystery. The majesty. Destroy Argos! Let loose the last of the titans. Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer presents Clash of the Titans. The good. The evil. The danger. The daring. How may a mortal man face and defeat the Kraken? Clash of the Titans. The combat. The courage. The splendor. The spectacle. Clash of the Titans. Starring Harry Hamlin as Perseus, Judy Bowker as Andromeda, Burgess Meredith, Maggie Smith, Ursula Andress, Claire Bloom, Sean Phillips, Flora Robeson, and Florence Olivier as Zeus. Before history, beyond imagination. Clash of the Titans. So first up, he is a burlesque artist. He's a manufacturer of soap, and he's currently sitting right next to the head of Medusa, which is very brave of him. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the show, the fabulous Mr. Matt Knife. Hi, Matt. Hi. Oh, good. It's so good to see you because it's going to get a little scary up in here with all these monsters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 not afraid of it. Uh, Greek monsters, you know, they're they're one of my favorites. So. Okay, okay. Uh, you say that now. You say that now. You say that now. <laughs> I think I think Medusa could have been reasoned with. <laughs> you know what? You know what? <laughs> we'll get into it. But I watching it this time. I had a big. Good for her moment. But we're not there yet because we have another guest to introduce to you. Because I realized watching this movie, the setting is Greece. We've got Maggie Smith. It was bringing me back to a simpler time when we talked about Nagatha Christie, known as Evil Under the Sun. And I realized this is also basically the same movie. So how can I do this without this particular guest? You know him. You love him. He's everybody's favorite. Freddy Cat, the fabulous Mr. Doug Shapiro. I love you. I am moderately enthused about you. <laughs> I don't want to cause an incident. Hello, Doug. How it's been so long. I have enough love for both of us, Patrick, and I love you too, Matt. Oh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> love is limitless. Gonna buy your soap, yeah. You already I did. did. I shipped it out today. Okay, so fantastic. So the movie that we're talking about is Clash of the Titans from 1981. And Doug, since you have not been here in some time, I believe I'm going to need you to give me a nice, tight, 30-second plot summary of Clash of the Titans. The clock starts now! This is my report on Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans is a movie about Thetis the Sea Nymph, who is played by a spurned chorus girl, Maggie Smith. She cares too much for her douchebag son and says a flippant line about a shark. Then she acts while keeping her head still. This movie also features Harry Hamlin's right nipple. This is my report on Clash of the Titans. 
And he was very, 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 very happy to be home. 93, 94. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. 94, 95. Okay, Matt, Matt, see, we covered this last time we tried to record this. Matt is not a musical theater person, but he's going to be by the end of this one way or the other. <laughs> well done, Doug. Well done. I would have just gone with the classic hero's journey of Perseus as he tries to <laughs> so, you know, find his destiny and save the girl and rule Joppa. But that's not what's important about the movie. Yeah, Nipples and Maggie Smith. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I, my book report is the brown nosy one, and yours is the more accurate. <laughs> Am I jealous? Absolutely. Let us take a moment to talk about the cast of this movie because it, it's a surprisingly small cast of actually humans, but all of them are massive. Like, for instance, uh, starting right at the top, we got Harry Hamlin. <sighs> I have never had a thing for Harry Hamlin, and I've seen this movie a thousand times, but I watched it this time and I said, I get it now. I get it now. It's been a good 25 years since I've seen it. <laughs> Before his career was ruined by Kate Jackson. By Kate what Jackson, was, like Charlie's Angels. Well, he, they did that movie, Making Love, and he played the he was in the gay relationship, and it ruined his. He, he couldn't get work oh. for ages, and now he's married to Lisa Renna. So go figure. It. <laughs> it's a whole thing, which is amazing. <laughs> I have to look that up. Uh, look up on Drag Race when somebody played Lisa Renna, and then <laughs> she popped in to like give a little cameo and congratulate them, and then he shows up. Yeah, well, because that was the tagline the whole time. She was like, Harry Hamlet, Harry Hamlet, Harry Hamlet. Mm, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What was that um, Law and Order type show that he was in in the 80s around this time, too? Oh, I don't know. Oh, wait, no, no. Oh, oh, good Lord. Well, he was on Veronica Mars, of course. I knew that, but that's more recent. No, but he, that. no this was in the 80s. Like the most like, important. I don't know. Uh, uh, it's driving me crazy because I remember when I was a kid, like, Barnaby Jones. Like, oh, he's in this, like, <laughs> you know, suit and time show. No, it was a Barnaby Jones. <laughs> yeah. I know it was a Barbie. And if it was a suit and tie thing, I would never recognize him. I'd be like, where's his nipple? Yeah. Oh. It's as weird. I think they cut <laughs> out the nipple in the law scenes through the blazer. <laughs> we all have ourselves. <laughs> So it could just be right there, like poke through. It's it's in my contract. I'm sorry. No, but I think he's actually great in this movie because one of the things that always bothers me about this type of movie is how stiff everybody seems with the f- heightened language. He like he just floats right on top of it. He handles this strange language so well. He really does. Like with with the right sort of like gaze and. <laughs> no pun intended. And even though he's the hero character, often in these things they come off as pompous assholes that can't do anything wrong. He's just got the sense of wonder to him mm-hmm. and amazement about what he's doing. That makes him more interesting. And I said, good for him. Good for him. I agree. I think it adds some more depth to it and also makes it more of more romantic. I think, yes. you know, because I could think the remake of clash of the Titans went way to the other side with it where it was I didn't just, even bother. Well, it was, it don't cause it's really super disrespectful to this version and then it's can you hear me oh, you're okay? delicious yeah. okay um and like there's one point where they're it's like super butch and it's super aggressive and there's a scene where they're like powering up to go kill medusa and they're in the armory and they pick up bobo the mechanical owl and he goes well what do we do with this and he's like uh throw <gasps> it away and i was just like well there goes your I merchandising know. with the kids idiot yeah 
so I was just like, it's awful. And that was, that was kind of the nail in the coffin for me. But Mm. I think why I agree with you is I think that everyone committed to the fact that this was like an ancient Greek meets Shakespeare meets Harlequin novel meets a children's Greek mythology book. Like, (laughs) you know, yeah, all in a. Made softcore porn. Yes. But no, 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 the but nail no. in Andromeda's well, no, no, boat vessel. Right, but... Oh, by the way, for all the listeners that are yelling at us right now, L.A. Law. That's it. Um, I knew I would remember it if I heard it. Yes, L.A. Law. Oh, see, I always thought that was French. La 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 story. Back, back to light, <gasps> La Yogurt. La snack. Back to the movie. Uh, but what, lunchtime. La La Topping. La, la pick me up, yep. la, la dessert, dessert. <laughs> la, midnight la midnight snack, snack. La, la health food, la yogurt. <laughs> okay, things the other people in the cast would never talk about is la yogurt. So, because the rest of the cast is all fleshed out for the most part by RSC greats. So, talk about handling the language with with grace and with weight, and but never coming off corny. Of course, right off the top, Lawrence Olivier. Oh, good lord! As the big man himself, who's apparently incredibly sick. For this entire well, shoot. luckily he just sits. It just looks well, regal. Apparently, that's all you do on Olympus. You just kind of hang the out. The worst club ever. It really is. We'll come back to that. We'll come back okay. to that. But you also got um, Claire Bloom. Claire Bloom. And if you don't know who Claire Bloom is, she was the original Theo in The Haunting from 1963. Oh. One of hardest first lesbians. Hooray for lesbians. Oh, that's right. I never put that yeah. together before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Maggie Smith. Uh, Didn't need me say more than Maggie Smith is here. Maggie Smith is here. Just who? <laughs> Never heard of her. Never heard of her. And also, just for some scandal, we have Ursula Andress, with whom Harry Hamlin was in a longtime relationship with at the time of this this movie Ooh. was shot. During really? which she got pregnant. Mm. And he's like, no, 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 no. Keep the baby. We're not going to get married, but keep the baby. And it's amazing. In her IMDb, it says, and then shortly afterwards, Harry Hamlin unceremoniously dumped her. That's how it was phrased. It was like, Doesn't that mean that she wrote that or her publicist? Somebody, yeah, exactly. Exactly. They wrote that. It was a big scandal because it was already a big scandal for Hollywood just because she's twice, like 20 years older than him. And that was a big deal. It was the other way around. Nobody would have cared. But anyway, we digress. But one of my favorite character actors of all time is in this movie. I'm talking about all Burgie Meredith, Burgess Meredith. Yes. He is so good in this and he's so cute. (laughs) Even better, he is the first example of the dialogue structure in this movie. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the movie itself. What What I found... Why? Because there's some shit to dig into here. Because... I picked this specifically because it's a comfort film. Granted, I haven't seen the movie in 20 years, but just the idea of sitting down and watching it gave me such a warm fuzzy. They said, this is going to be fun. The movie opens. There's not even a title card. There's not even anything with the studio. And it's like, (laughs) we open with the charming scene of a woman and an infant baby being nailed into a coffin and set off to sea. And all the processional women in 1960s go-go dresses. And drums. And all this shit. I'm like, okay, this is a grim opening. Grim. Grim. And okay, if you excuse me here, I had kind of an out of body experience almost immediately during the whole opening of this film. All of a sudden, I became a divorced father who had the kids for the day who brought them to Clash of the Titans back in 1981. Picture it. 
The movie opens. And the credits haven't even rolled yet. And I'm already being bombarded by questions that I am not prepared for and have absolutely no answer for. <laughs> Why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? Why are they doing it? Mom and Daddy, why is she helping? Is she going to be okay? What about the baby? Why are they doing it? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The movie just started. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Why are the women in sixties go-go dresses? I don't know. And then, like this thing, it just goes on and on and thing. And then, what's weird is like, and they put the baby and the woman like, just set them off to sea to die. And then the they, the credits start. It's like yeah, da 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 da. Like this is exactly the happy seagull. The happy seagull music. It's a seagull flying around me. Okay, 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 okay. I'm getting them. By the time the kid, they're either going to be really confused, and by the time I get home, I got to figure out something. So the kids are completely traumatized. So I don't get. So I get some custody taken away. And then immediately after that, it's nudie town. I'm like, great. I took them to Caligula. Fucking ass. This is. <laughs> I mean, it's not Caligula. No, but I'm just, I know. I thought but, they'd like but, the winged but, horse. But, you get it, but it's a PG movie and you get a totally topless woman right off the top of the movie. And I was there at the. That's right. Yeah, at, the t- at the time, at the time, a lot of these swords and sandals movies were, especially these Greek myth ones, were excuses for softcore porn stuff. And I've been like, great, I took the kids to the wrong <laughs> I'm never getting custody yeah. of my children again. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, get, thanks, Greek mythology. Odell, did you know there's a naked woman on this beach and she's got no clothes on and she's also nude? So what happened? Why are they nailing a baby in a coffin? I'll, t- I'll take this. Because the king had a prophecy that his grandson would kill him and take his crown. And so he hid his daughter up in a tower, and so no one could see her, but Zeus, of course, saw her and came as a glittering shower of gold. Gay. <laughs> covered her yeah. covered her in his golden shower, and then she oh. became pregnant, and he found out, and then threw them in the ocean, and was pretty much like um, Acrisius, right? It's Acrisius. Was yeah, was pretty much like um, yeah. If Poseidon kills them, then it's on him. And yeah, yeah, basi- um, it's yeah not on basically, me. basically, he's pissed so. off that I mean, the short story of what you get from the movie anyway, because we get the short version. Basically, he's pissed off that his 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 queen or his daughter, whatever she was, had got, had sex with Zeus and had this baby. She was unfaithful, so she has to be killed. Oh, I like how we dance around the all feminist the feminist messages in these movies. I love how we dance around the god raping in this movie. Oh yeah. It's just what he well, does. Said, He's a guy. Did, well, according to the story, I mean, they did fall in love. So, I mean. And like, he does save you know, her. He does save her. But we don't know that while the happy seagull is fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this movie does actually really gloss over the rape in the story. <laughs> like, when we get to Medusa, it's like totally. <laughs> like, just, you know. But, like, send her a text. Let her know, by the way, I'm going to be, you're going to end up in this coffin. It'll be for this amount of time. Contracting is very important in a relationship so that she knows and doesn't need to be scared and start screaming. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the great God's famous for raping women. You know, Lena and the swan, all that stuff. Just, you know what? My yeah. human form is enough. They'll, she'll really go for a swan. <laughs> that's what she'll be into. Or a, or a cuttlefish. Because that's a subtle fish. Yeah. That's the best one. That's the best one. <laughs> So now we cut to Olympus, where, where, where Zeus is furious that this is happening. And I just, I had thoughts. I had thoughts. I said, oh, wow. This, the after, Mount Olympus is reminding me of 
the Genius Bar at the Apple Store. It's just lots of people standing around waiting for something to happen. <laughs> In togas, though. And togas. It's like, like Doug said, it's the worst nightclub. Everybody's dressed <laughs> in the nines. <laughs> and there's nothing to do except stand around and bicker with all these people who've slept with each other, waiting for some old queen to finish playing with his toys. I was just going to say, or play with the little dolls on the no, shelf. No, right. no, 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 no. I control humanity. Look, here's Percy's. Here's the gorgon. I love that. No wonder everybody's so quick. For eternity, this is what you do every day. For eternity, no wonder everybody's so angry. Bitter. No pity, no mercy. Why? Zeus, your husband, loved the girl. Danai. She's very beautiful. So beautiful that Acrisius, her father, grew jealous and kept her guarded from the eyes of men, locked behind iron doors. But Zeus transformed himself into a glittering shower of gold and visited her. Visited her and loved her. Then why should I show any compassion? Let her drown and her child with her. The child, Perseus, is the son of Zeus. That is why he is to be saved. And why Argus is doomed. That's why they fuck with people. <laughs> what else have we got to do? What else have we got to do? We can't pick. We can't bash on each other. We're immortal. What are we supposed to do? <laughs> I mean, like Poseidon can make wigs for everyone. Poseidon. Oh, forgot that wig. Now, okay, Christopher this, Guest. One of the reasons that this movie is beloved for me is because it's got the special effects, stop motion animation, monsters of Ray Harryhausen, which elevates the movie to a whole new level. And it's the last gasp of this art form before it went away forever. And just to tie everything into Evil Under the Sun, because everything ties back to Evil Under the Sun, especially in this movie, Ray Harryhausen sounds like the name of one of Myra Gardner's relatives, you know, that she'd be spouting off some random tidbit about, oh, doubt! My cousin Ray Harryhausen, his wife once had an ovarian cyst removed that was so big that she took it for bowling on ladies' night. And they're wonderful, and they hold up really well, but there's also limitations of other special effects that were, were totally used in major movies at the time, like Superman, they use the same effects, these projection screens, and they don't, they're terrible. It's particularly the stuff with Poseidon oh, underwater. Screen, on screen, on okay. screen. Yeah. Okay, we jumped a little bit because Zeus decides after, you know, big scene with all the gods and goddesses that he's going to destroy the city of that king who did the bad thing. To put the, he's got, oh, we're going to release the Kraken or everybody's going to die. Not a creature will stand, not a, nothing, nothing will slither. All this, he's going to release the Kraken, which he does. It is done. As we feared, King Acrisius of Argos has abandoned his daughter and her child to the sea. And he will be punished. Cruel and ruthless crime. Blasphemy. How dare the tyrant pray to me to forgive his savage jealousy and cowardly revenge? Acrisius has always shown devotion to the gods of Olympus in the past. He has built many magnificent temples and dedicated them to you. Great Zeus, father of the gods. hundred good deeds cannot atone for one murder. A thousand temples or statues or sanctuaries, whether dedicated to me or to you, Hera, my wife, or to Thetis, lovely goddess of the sea, or to you, Athene, ever wise and full of care. Aphrodite, goddess of love. Nothing can wipe out or forgive this one con 
contemptible act of blood. Does it matter? The death of a girl and her child. Girl? His daughter! After a lifetime's respect and devotion. Enough, I've decided. Acrisius must be punished and his people with him. My Lord Poseidon, I command you to raise the wind and the sea, destroy Argos, and to make certain that no stone stands, that no creature crawls, I command you to let loose the last of the Titans. Let loose the Kraken! The kingdom of Acrisius must be destroyed, as you command. Yet... Poseidon, release the Kraken. So you have lots of shots of Poseidon underwater, staring with his mouth wide open (laughs) and his tongue hanging out for some reason with this wig flapping all around him and going, oh, girl, no, girl, no, this is all bad. This is all bad. And, oh, gosh, where are my notes? He is somebody of importance, and I forget who it is, and if I can't find... While you're looking for your notes, I'm going to interject into something that you just said about the about the practical effects and stuff. Is uh, just to go to the remake. The remake failed because it was too much CS, uh, CGI and not enough practical effects. So it's like because that was the remake was made. What was it like ten years ago? And so it was like when everybody was like, "Yay, let's just CGI everything." And then when people realized, it was like, "Wait, that looks awful." <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I think that that's where it's like, um, like Jim Henson kind of gets it right. Is you know, like because I feel like, especially with like a subject like Greek mythology, you really need to have things there physically. And Matt, not, you've just ruined this podcast for know, me because now all I want is a Jim Henson Clash of the Titans. That would be awesome. Let's cast it oh, right that now. Would be so cool. Yeah. Let's not get let's not get killed by Patrick. <laughs> let's let Patrick continue. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. No, I'm just looking for my notes. I was trying to find the name of the actor who played Poseidon because he had a big horror connection. I can't find it. I'll fix it in post. Hi, this is Patrick fixing it in post. Actor Jack Willem, aside from being in Patton and Lawrence of Arabia, would after Clash of the Titans would go on to star as Van Helsing in the beloved cult horror film, The Monster Squad. That's why I wanted to bring him up. And also, he's in the original Jason and the Argonauts, so he is no stranger to Ray Harryhausen and stop motion. But he was Van Helsing in the Monster Squad. Poseidon's got nards. Okay, back to the show. The city of Argos is being destroyed by the crack. What I loved about this, it's all that classic Irwin Allen destruction movie kind of stuff. It's all that cheesy projection stuff, like people being clearly having like giant styrofoam rocks fall on them. And you see the same eight extras getting killed over and over again in different togas. I love there's the one shot where I think it's just like, it's just like a, a staircase and it's just like, it's like they turned yeah. on a fire hose and it was just like, psh, and that was like it. <laughs> like, or the guy falling in is like the bathing suits under the toga. Yeah. 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 This wouldn't have happened in Scotland. No, 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 no. It's, it's wonderful stuff like that. If you enjoy that stuff, it's great. It is what it is. And one of the weird things I noticed is that aside from the cast, like all these crowd scenes, there's nobody in this movie. There's somebody, There's like a couple of scenes with crowds and for everything else is the same eight people over and over again. But you know what you got to do? Who are having the time of their lives. <laughs> Give, hit me with the fake water <laughs> one more time, which was the original title of the Britney Spears song. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I also love the scene in Olympus because Maggie Smith is throwing some epic shade, and I will be playing sound clips from her because I can't do. even begin. All for love of Danai. No. So many women have attracted him, he couldn't possibly remember her. Oh, it's simply his foolish pride in a handsome son. As you say, so many women and all these transformations and disguises he invents in order to seduce them, sometimes a shower of gold, a bull or a swan. Why, once he even tried to ravish me, disguised as a cuttlefish. Did he succeed? Certainly not. What did you do? Beat him at his own game. I simply turned myself into a shark. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when your husband is the writer on it, it helps. Yes, yes, that's right. She, she was married to the screenwriter. She gets her one, uh, well, you know, Downton Abbey line, of course, but we know it better as the uh, wider and higher line, <laughs> higher and wider. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that she's defending her, her son, Calibos. Perseus, grown to a young man. He's had a happy childhood. It's the advantage of a strong body and a handsome face. What more could any mortal desire or deserve? And what of my son, Calibos? His crimes are unforgivable. Be merciful to him. Show pity. Impossible. Calibos had every advantage. You, as patron goddess of the rich city of Joppa, have spoiled and indulged him since birth. You gave him the wells of the moon to rule, and what has he done? Hunted and destroyed every living creature. Trapped and killed my sacred herd of flying horses, and now only the stallion Pegasus remains. Your son must therefore be punished. No, I beg you, be merciful. He will become abhorrent to human sight. He'll be shunned and forced to live as an outcast in the swamps and marshes. He'll be transformed to a mortal mockery. A shameful mark of his vile cruelty. She's like, well, how come you're saving this this, this stupid princess just because you slept with her? Where my son? What about my son? Because her son apparently uh, abused his power and has hunted down all the animals and made the huge error of killing all of Zeus's beloved winged horses, right. except for Pegasus. So he's like, yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but no. He'll be twisted and hideous in a great yeah. animation scene. We just see the shadow of him turning into this. Your, your narcissistic son, <laughs> who basically does not Pot care kettle. about anybody yeah. but himself. Pot kettle. With bloodlust. Yes, let's give him some power <laughs> and some gifts. That sounds And Doug, good. I'm sorry, this is where my mind my mind went. Dear Calibas, Medusa waits <gasps> for you. Yes. <laughs> What's the buzz, Calibas? What's the buzz? But did you catch the Xanadu tie-in in the scene, aside from the fact that it's happening on, in Greek mythology? No, hit me with it. It's really subtle. Whenever, whenever Zeus goes out up on his throne, oh, that of course the uh, like his like few neon lights in the back of yeah, like the and the only very he gets very them. very sim- very similar to the scene where Olivia Newton John goes back to Mount Olympus in Xanadu, which is apparently in an arcade game, and sings "Keep Me Suspended in Time with You," and it's all these orange lines. So it was, it was the same <laughs> kind of 
referencing each other, and I said, I approve. It's like Tron, but I'm Olympus. Uh-huh. Um, except you never get to play the video games. You get to stand around and watch somebody play them. That's all you get to do on Olympus. Well, you'd also think, like, they're gods. Maybe throw a little bit of paint on the figurines. Just saying. Meanwhile, I'm looking at poor... The Huntress. The Huntress. Athena. What's her name? Athena. I'm looking at, I'm looking at poor Artemis. Artemis. Whatever. Uh, which are, I'll Artemis. go with Matt because he's a expert. In Pretty. She goes, I'm looking at this poor actress going, okay, so did no one else get the memo that it was bring your owl to work day? Am I the only one to bring my owl to work day again? Worst really? prom ever. I know, but I'm also just thinking of the actress. Well, like, I, have to, I have no lines. I have to stand with this a fucking owl threatening to pack up my eyes all day, every day. <laughs> no, if I was playing Athena and they did not actually have an owl for me, I would have a fit. Like, I, I was actually just telling Cubby I have a not-so-secret, like, I want to have an owl so bad. I just think they are the coolest animal, and it's one of the reasons why I've always loved owls is because of this movie. <laughs> I made myself a little Bobo when I was a kid because I was so obsessed. Like, well, and also not to mention Athena is my favorite goddess. So, I mean, in Greek mythology, because I just. When I was in sixth grade, I did this project where uh, I made like sort of a, I took two million folders, I stapled them together and I cut it out. So it looked like the head of Zeus and then I cut the top. So when you took off the top, you could pull Athena out with a string because she was because she was born out of his head. So it's like a little tea bag. Uh, oh, yeah. that's so cool! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. Oh my god, I made Athena teabagging Zeus. How did I not know I was gay? And, well, and the funny thing is about this story too is that Athena actually should have been the central goddess. Maggie Smith in the storyline. Like, Venus, what the hell are you doing here? What, what's the sea nymph doing in the club? Who let her in? <laughs> Look who brought a bird and. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back like, to the movie. Uh, what other goddesses in water? Um, yes. Thetis? <laughs> that tease. Oh, sorry. She is a tease. You're right. That tease. Uh, okay, back to the movie, which is, this is again amazing. This is again amazing. We're a good 20 minutes in now, and we've had all this kerfuffle, all this rage about this poor woman being nailed in a coffin with a baby. We've had the scene of this epic destruction. Of an entire city. Everybody's dead. A monster has been released. Huge, huge destruction everywhere. And then we cut and we see the, the coffin still floating in the water. Going like, and those two think they're having the worst day ever right now. They have no idea. <laughs> like, oh, no, that's the worst thing that's ever happened to anybody. Let me out. <laughs> no, we, we, we've all sort of been in the coffin. Like, <laughs> you're like I can't, I can't send email. My email isn't working. You know, COVID's racking the nation. There's, there's wars all over the place. We're like, the email. There's no way they could have known, but it just made me laugh. <laughs> Trust me, you're okay. You're okay. Trust me, it's good. Just give it a few minutes. Mm-hmm. It'll be good. Because Poseidon has been in charge uh, of saving them as well. And he comes back and he's very proud. He says, I have saved... Deny. 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 Thank you. Hair lip. Doug got it. Would I? I've saved them and I've deposited them on the Isle of Lesbos. Yeah. I just wish. I wish. Uh, no, he's, he's deposited them on some deserted, uh, relatively deserted island. And I'm just picturing Zeus going, he was like, well, make sure they have this and make sure they have that and everything is provided for. Make sure you drop off the, some clothes for them this time. Remember what happened last time when everybody walked around? I, oh, well, never mind. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> womp womp. 
Tell me how people walking around naked in a PG movie, which would cause quite a stir. Hey, if you lived on a Greek island, you know, I would walk around naked all the time, too. I would, too. It's pre-Christianity. Yeah, you'd be like, <laughs> you'd be all about well, what it. Think, what I think is funny. Well, like, a lot of work. Who can afford clothing? And, and those two shots that they have with nudity in it, going... Everybody else in the scene has clothes out except these two. <laughs> all right, I think it's really right, tasteful nudity. Yeah. It is, it is. But again, it's a PG movie aimed at kids. It was like, uh, all right, but well, it is aimed at kids. The kid is naked yeah, too. And, and I mean, I feel like it's. Re- I think I feel like it's presented very um, innocently. It is. You know? It is. It is. It yeah. is. But it's. But it you're is. right. It is None weird. It is, it is. And it's so funny because that's like the only nudity in the movie, and it's like right what? there in the first like five minutes, <laughs> like. Yes, because it turns out that this son is Perseus, this little boy who's nailed in the coffin, and he's going to be our hero for the rest of the film. Perseus. We get to see a little quick montage of him growing up, exploring different sizes of loincloths. <laughs> and um, ooh, now I just forget exactly how this happened, but Maggie Smith decides he's gonna, she's going to fuck with him. Be comforted. He may change his mind. Had it been his own child, Perseus, he would have forgiven him. But for my son, Calibus, there is to be no mercy, no hope. And no marriage with the Princess Andromeda. How can there be now? Yet if my son is not to marry her, then no man will. My priests of Joppa are loyal. I will speak to them in dreams and omens. As my Calibos suffers, so will Andromeda. I promise you, son of Zeus is to be left to the whim of chance, while mine is punished with deformity. It is time for chance to intervene. Time you saw something of the world, Perseus. Time you came face to face with fear. Time to know the terrors of the dark and look on death. Time your eyes were opened to grim reality. Far to the east, across the sea, in Joppa, in the kingdom of Phoenicia. Because that's what they did. Because she's jealous. Yeah. Yeah. Because Calibos is suffering and he's getting to be run around naked on Fantasy Island with the Black Stallion all day long <laughs> on, 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 on Phoenicia. He's on the island of Phoenicia. And Maggie Smith, she has this wonderful speech, which I'll play because I don't have it exactly right. But she says, I'm going to give him a taste of chance. He's going to know what death means and what loss means. And I'm going to interfere right about now. So he's out kind of snoozing on the beach, looking up at the moon, and she transports him to another city somewhere else. He just wakes up and is like, everyone's remarkably chill that he's just like transported across the country. Going, chance, Maggie Smith? Chance? (laughs) I just happened to buy buy chance to teleport across trees. (laughs) Chance is a big word. I'm glad that Zeus called her out on it later on. She's like, what do you mean chance? (laughs) How dare you? And Harry's really not that thrown by it either. He wakes up and he's pretty somewhere else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Well, I mean, I just sort of think, you know, you're living, you're dealing with characters that are used to divine intervention and there's, and magic is real. So I think that, you know, it's just like, so at a certain point, it's like, you know, the gods are sort of very present. And I think it's really cool because then when um, he wakes up and he's in the amphitheater and then good old what's his name shows up. What's his name? Who are you? patient for a moment. My name is Ammon. I am a poet and a playwright. And you? My name is Perseus. I am heir to the kingdom of Argos. By the gods? How did you get here? I'm not even sure I know where here is. Well, this is the amphitheater of Joppa. Where? The great city of Joppa. But how? I was lying on the seashore, looking up at the moon. Oh, the moon. That might explain things, you see. The moon affects the brain. I think we'd be safer inside, out of the night air. Now, first, I must apologize for all this dramatic finery and all these theatrical effects. I put them on now and then to frighten away the curious. It makes them think the amphitheater is haunted. Why is everything so neglected? Oh, it's a sign of the times. This kingdom is under a curse, and the city is in despair. And everyone goes around muttering, Call no man happy who is not dead. Burgess Meredith shows up and is, you know, basically the thespian that runs the theater, which I think is cool, because, again, it kind of adds this layer of, like, classic British actors, and they're in a theater, and this is very Greek, and it's very, you know, cool. But, yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, he his character a lot says, you know, like, the gods, like, you know, uh, by the gods. By the like, gods. Yeah, you by know, the gods. Like, and so I do think that... I appreciate that, you know, the pagan in me appreciates like here. It's like, Oh, you know, this is like, you're acknowledging the fact that this is like, it's not circumstances. It's not coincidence. It's not, you know, it's not your neighbor fucking with you. It's the, the gods literally picked you up and put you here. And we're just accepting that as fact and moving on. You know? well, we're going to try to figure out why it must be for a reason. What, why are you yeah. here? Well, you don't have to wait long. And for purchase is fabulous and all this. I just love these. just, Comes out trying to scare him in his theater outfit, talking about what a great poet is. And I'm going, I'm going, this is probably about as crowded as the theater. This is like the biggest crowd he's had at this theater in a long time. It's like one dude showed up for his performance. And then, and then he gives the great, like the pattern of lines that they say throughout the movie of exposition. My name is Amon. I'm a poet and a playwright. This is the amphitheater of Joppa. And I really want all these to be said by Terrence and Philip. <laughs> Hey, Terrence, I'm a Jabba. Oh, I'm a poet. I'm a playwright. <laughs> I just made a dirty fart. Jabba. Oh. And by the way, Scott's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, no, you're a dick. <laughs> this is Scott. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, so he's got a new ally. Everything's cool. And now all of a sudden, they start. he starts getting gifts from the guy. Oh, here's the thing. At some point, wait, hold on, hold on, hold, please. Because it was at this point that Burgess Meredith got on my bad side. <gasps> well, he's like, well, you can't be laying around dressed like this. Come, come, let me take you to the wardrobe so we can get you something more appropriate. I'm thinking something more revealing, perhaps. <laughs> 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 Even more revealing than the loincloth that you're in right now. So you were disappointed that he he made him cover his shame? No, but they made no, no, they, 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 no. I was like initially, I was like, really, really. Do you know what kind of movie this is? Do you know what the audience of this movie is? Leave leave it all dead. But then he, he just put him in a more fancy loincloth. So I was happy. It's all good. It's all good. It was still short. <laughs> That'll do, pig. <laughs> the, aside from the hero's journey, it seems to be the movie. Like the longer the movie goes on, the more heroic he gets. The longer his dress gets. So it seems to be a journey for the dress as well. Well, so yeah, because he's going yes to walk to around like fi- – I'm making gestures now, which is really helpful. But like in his macho Perseus outfit, but he's got like these drapes over his wrists that he has to keep for the costuming people. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's not a very masculine effect. But they, he wears it well. He wears it well. Yeah, well wears this it well. is also what masculinity looked like. He's got to walk around like Michael Jackson's thriller with that <laughs> – that's what I like about the Greeks is the Greeks are be, a little... Keep away from open flames. Keep away from open flames. <laughs> it's very um, masculine in a feminine way, which is kind of cool. You know? Yeah. Sure. I'm into that. I like that. Mm-hmm. But now we get, we, we, get, we, get, we get the Price is Right, you know, final showcase of the gods. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh my god! I never really thought it because they're all in the little alcove, and it's like next to the statue of Hera. And there next is. to the statue of a goddess, you know, who's basically who's basically Caramel. <laughs> next to the statue of Aphrodite, there's ooh. <laughs> oh my god! Can they? It could be prices right as well. How much yeah. is this one worth? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know what the. Never mind. Okay, but yeah. So he gets a, he gets a sword. And a, a helmet and the shield, which not only which will not only save his life someday, is but it also? Oh my gosh! <laughs> we also get ventriloquist Zeus at this point, which was a little alarming. I'll try the helmet. No, try me first. What did you say? I didn't say anything. The sound came from over there by that statue of Hera, from that shield. Because when you first hear the voice, it's not this godly voice. It's like, kind of like it's almost like the worm in in uh, labyrinth. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah. And he had the shield, and when you flip it over, it's like ooh, it's like it's like Zeus on on video call. It's like a Zoom call with Zeus. He's looking all fabulous. As I bind their hands with this silken thread, bear witness that as she is my heiress. So Perseus becomes my heir. As she is my daughter, so Perseus becomes my son. I give her to the man who has saved us from despair. I give Andromeda the most beautiful of all prizes, more beautiful than anything on earth. Or in heaven, even more lovely than the goddess Thetis herself. Mm. That's it's about a shield, right but on the other side, it's a picture of me. 
It is. It is. But now he gets the whole thing laid out. It's like, it's a wonderful speech. Find. Yep, because that's how people talk. Your destiny. Could you be a little more specific? (laughs) You keep saying that, but I need a little bit more details. Verbal contracting is so important in relationships. It really is. But it doesn't matter. We got these three fabulous gifts, and, and, and he can't, and uh, uh, Perseus can't wait to show him up. He puts in the helmet, and he decides to go into Joppa Invisible and check things out. And this is me being retarded. He's like, you know what? It's time for me to say goodbye, Phoenicia, and get to the Joppa. Bye. Oh. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Hello, Joppa. It was funnier than time. Is it Joppa Invisible? Get to the Joppa. <laughs> <laughs> It is work with me here. I'm blending a, a tired gay joke with a tired Arnold Schwarzenegger joke. Work with me here. <laughs> so then he goes into the into the city and they're burning someone in the court square, which is like they're just standing there, like everybody just like watching this person, like because I'm blue, completely just like la 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 another day. And then this is where um, Perseus meets his boyfriend, which you know I. Thank you. Thank you. Here's the gay of the movie right here. And also, also justice, justice for Thalo within this movie. Just Thalo gets no love this whole Giving movie. exposition as None. he flings around a horsehair swatter. Because I remember being a kid and I was like, hello. And exposition. Yeah, he's got the 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 horse whip. Yeah, you're introducing. Okay, you guys will get this because we have the camera right here, and I'm doing my best because my camera's fucked up and I can't get the angles right. But when we first meet Thallo, when these two cross each other's path, before anybody says anything to anybody, Thallo checks him out, up and down. He reads him up and down before he says another word. And then he's just like, "Hey, welcome to job. What's going on? You care to go behind this fluted column?" <laughs> I don't see a fluted Thalo oh. is his sidekick this whole movie and we don't even get his name until after he's dead because all he's worthy of his well, exposition what I love about him too is that he's throwing like every line comes out like nah he's really bitter the whole movie because he's like just stick a dick in my mouth <laughs> it's grace it's they really grace. should give him a cigarette to talk with <laughs> It's ancient Greece, and why isn't there more gay stuff this, happening? <laughs> the impression that there'd be more butt fucking, and there'd also be punch and pipe. Uh, there are lots of flames in the center of the square. And there sure are, yeah. Because why? Why are they burning people in the center of the square, boys? Tuesday. Aside from that, because um, Andromeda is accepting suitor applications, and she has to. They have to answer a riddle, and if they get it wrong, then they die. Yeah, this is this was she was engaged to mm-hmm. um, Kalibos, Maggie Smith's son, who was been contorted into this hideous monster. And when she broke it off of them, this is his curse on her. What's the heroine's she, name again? Huh? What's who? the heroine's Andromeda. name again? Andromeda. Do 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 Andromeda. Do 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 Set the boys on fire. We're going to set the boys on fire. <laughs> okay, and we're back. And we're back. Yeah, Why? so this is this is his curse. That basically uh, she has to perform this ritual over and over and over again, and it's an impossible riddle. Yada, 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 yada. And I like her mom. 
whose name is it's not is it's Cassiopeia? Yes, Cassiopeia. Oh, these are all constellation right, Cassandra was the, boys. I know that, but I always get Cassiopeia and Cassandra screwed up. And I said, no, Cassandra was blind. She was, was the psychic, psychic that no one believed. Yeah. In Trojan, the believe, Trojan yes. War. Yeah. Told you so. And that's Rome. So it's like being the first to person to do a gay horror podcast. Yeah. Imagine that. What a stupid idea that is. So this is where, this is where it gets creepy. So we use, Persis uses his gift helmet from the gods to sneak into a sleeping girl's bedroom. Which is not okay. Not okay. Now, here on the Scream Queens Horror Podcast, we have had a long-standing observation about movies in general. And that one of this particular rule is that when things get diaphanous, shit is about to go crazy. You know, for instance, if you're in a movie and a character all of a sudden shows up in a diaphanous nightgown that she's never worn in the movie before, even though we've seen her in other nightgowns of the movie, shit is about to get crazy. <laughs> The same rule also applies to curtain ray, I've noticed over time. And so we enter Andromeda's bedroom, and she's got these fabulous glitter, diaphanous bed curtains around everything. I'm like, oh, shit's about to get cr-. And I didn't even get the thought out, because what else? <laughs> who else is in her bedroom, guys? A vulture. No, not a vulture. A giant vulture! <laughs> a it comes giant- with a little cage, though, for her. Like, you know, like a little elevator, like... I know if they're accessories, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I would. Right, okay, and again, not boost. And if this wasn't enough, this wasn't enough. What he sees is like this ghost version of Andromeda rise out of her body, walk across the room, get into the birdcage, and then the giant vulture flies off, and he's just like, "Wow, she's really beautiful." I'm like, "Well, hold that on. is not the point." <laughs> <laughs> hold on! Not only did shit just get diaphanous in the movie, your girlfriend just literally got diaphanous. She's transparent right now, and you're acting like nothing happened. And if I may add that at this point, so she, my husband and I were watching this, and both of us had our parrots on our shoulders. They lost <laughs> their minds at this section. <laughs> oh, with the with the bird calls, <laughs> big vulture in the cage in the hoy. Yeah, because that. The, it, because the noise it makes, it's so like it's the noise that they. I guess it's like whenever um, they needed stop motion birds, like the harpies and Jason and the Argonauts make the same noise. And yeah, like, uh-huh. I mean, it just yeah. it's like I wonder what really makes that noise that they recorded. I don't know. I don't know. Well, if this was this this was me, and it also tied into stop motion. Every time the eagle was on the eagle, the vulture was on screen. I'd be going, Eon, Eon, <laughs> Eon. Does that mean anything to you? <laughs> The lesser-known Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer New Year's Eve sequel? Blink, blink. With Baby New Year? Yeah, Rudolph shining New Year. Baby New Year gets kidnapped by this giant vulture named Eon. Oh. Now is this called Eon! Eon! <laughs> Thank you, Captain Random. <laughs> You're welcome. Twelve of my listeners know exactly what I'm talking about and are judging you accordingly. <laughs> Perseus goes back, realizes that he needs to fly, too, and so they go and they get Pegasus... They find and Pegasus. They tame Pegasus and um He ran calling wildfire. Yeah. <laughs> and then he turns around and follows Andromeda into the swamp. And there she meets Calibus, who takes a severed dwarf fabulous and <laughs> gives her gives her the answer to this. It's funny because it's like it's like one like letter. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and then yeah. when you hear what the 
what the riddle is. It's like this like monologue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He gets, she gets she gets the riddle of the day. It's like I don't speak ancient Greek, but wow, that's a whole lot of information in just a few characters. What I thought was amazing is that we go to the swamp with with the giant with the giant vulture and we meet Calibos and Calibos is kind of drag queen fabulous and his yeah, own he is evil kind drag of a queen. little bit of a diva he's got out. like the big you know ra- like rings uh-huh. and he's got the like you know. he's got all the jewelry he's got this lesbian haircut he's he's rocking it uh, I'd believe it it's Greece it's Greece and I'm not talking about the musical Greece either I'm talking about Greece <gasps> oh but aside from that he surrounded himself with an army of people that look like Chaka from Land of the Lost. Thank you. I don't know who these people are. Uh, Jimmy Durante and Poseidon, Poseidon wasn't using his wig <laughs> yeah. that scene, so he lent it to Jimmy Durante. So he's running around. And a bunch of Oompa Loompas dressed up the same way. Yeah, so yeah. So I wish they had yeah, a song. That's the whole thing is that he gets... Uh, they, <laughs> Why didn't they have a song? Because if Maggie Smith doesn't get a song, <laughs> no one gets a song. <laughs> My husband is the screenwriter. I don't know why she's Betty Davis now, but that's how it is. She's a goddess. She can be anyone she wants. What's happened is that, you know, Perseus now knows the answer to the riddle. So he goes, presents to the court when it's time for another suitor to come forward. He answers correctly. They're going to get married. Hooray. End of the movie. Done. No. Right? It's the end of the movie, right? But there was a hula dancer. For some reason, a hula dancer was at the celebration. Well, they said, make great merriment. They brought out one dancer who's like, eh, eh. And I'm just thinking everybody always being like, oh, this bitch again. Oh, God. Is anybody else having another? Do we have another act? <laughs> no, she's lovely. She's great. But so, what, what happened? Somebody said something bad about somebody, and now everything's bad. Or that time when Cassiopeia decided to throw shade nope. at Maggie Smith, you God's gar- cut character, in the middle of the wedding announcement. <laughs> As I bind their hands with this silken thread, bear witness that as she is my heiress, so Perseus becomes my heir. As she is my daughter, so Perseus becomes my son. I give her to the man who has saved us from despair. I give Andromeda the most beautiful of all prizes, more beautiful than anything on earth or in heaven, even more lovely than the goddess Thetis herself. You don't do that, 